Hi, you're listening to the Feminine Business School podcast, and I'm your host, Ainsley Young. My work is all about creating a wildly pleasurable and successful business without burning out your body and selling out your soul. I'm also really passionate about ditching the cookie cutter marketing strategies and finding what feels good to you when it comes to marketing. Join me as we talk all things online business, feminist marketing strategies, feminine embodiment, conscious leadership, and pleasurable productivity. Hit subscribe now and let's get started. And to learn the secret to fitting more pleasure into each day while ticking off your to-dos, download my free pleasure and productivity weekly planner. Head to startingwitha.com slash opt-in. Welcome to a very special episode of the Feminine Business School podcast. I'm really excited because today we're doing something a little bit different and I'll be interviewing a phenomenal woman and business owner who really embodies feminine leadership and who also happens to be an incredible client. And this woman is Roseanne Ling. Roseanne Ling is the founder and creative director at Prism Creative, a boutique branding agency that works with brave changemakers to bring their brands to life with clients ranging from NGOs to wellness entrepreneurs to big tech giants. Her dream has always been to use strategy and design to engage, delight, and drive purposeful impact. Now, Rosen has a Master's of Arts from the Royal College of Art London, and she has previously worked with interior design and brand experience agencies to create responsive environments and compelling narratives for brands, including Google, Tate Modern, Heston Blumenthal, Pizza Express, PwC, and Como Hotel Group. Roseanne also has one of the biggest and most generous hearts. And in addition to running her agency, she also works with Hong Kong charities such as Love 21 and K for Kids Foundation and is an NGO advisor at Asian Charity Services. Now, I can't tell you how much I love and admire this woman who's only 30 years old, by the way. And what she's created in just two years of being in business, it really does blow my mind. So, without further ado, I would love to introduce you to Roseanne Ling. Welcome to the podcast, Rose. Hi, Ainsley. Hi, everyone who's listening into this podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's it's truly an honor to be here, and I'm really excited to be um, talking more about how we partner together and also all the amazing changes that I've been able to witness in in my business and in life as a result. Well, it is such an honor to partner with you, Rose, and to have the opportunity to share your story because I feel like you were just like the model client for me and often you are my muse when I'm like tuning into what I wanted to create in my business and who for, often Rose pops into my mind. So before we get started, I just thought I would share a little bit of a background of how Rose and I connected because... We actually became friends on Instagram. We randomly just started following each other's accounts and we obviously vibed with each other's work and energy and we just, I can't even remember who reached out first, but we went out for coffee and then our friendship flourished from there and we're both in Hong Kong at the time. And then I moved to Singapore about two years ago and at the start of last year, Rose reached out and she was interested in working together. So I'd love for you to share, Rose, what was your business and your life like 
before we started partnering together? Like, what did it look like? What were you doing? What were you thinking? What were you feeling? Would you mind sharing that with us? Yeah. So it was, I would use the word chaotic, maybe to describe it. Not chaotic in a sense that I was, you know, it was very, very chaotic uh, physically, but I think in my mind, it was just very chaotic because I I feel like growing up in an Asian society, uh, we always have this idea that you have to hustle in order to be successful and in order to be happy, you have to be successful. So the formula is you know, hustle in order to be successful, in order to be happy. But I think this formula is actually quite broken because I was setting up all these goalposts for myself and constantly trying to reach them. And after I reached them, I would be like, okay, what's next? Mm. And I would never be happy. So I was, my mind was constantly in overdrive thinking like, oh, what more can I do? What more can I do? Because there's got to be something that I'm doing wrong here because how come I'm never happy with where I am? Maybe it's because I'm not working hard enough. So I felt guilty for taking time off for myself, you know, even if it was just to fit in a a 50 minute bar class during lunch. I felt like I had to be at the office nine to six every day, maybe even during the weekends. And if I wasn't, I had all these false narratives about myself in my head about how how unproductive I am, how unmotivated I am, how lazy I am. And yeah, I just, I felt really crappy about myself. I wasn't in love with my work anymore, even though I was working with some really amazing clients on some really great projects. So I just, I got to a point where I couldn't imagine being in this kind of mindset forever because it was just so tiring. Mm. And I just felt like there's, there's got to be something more to being your boss. Like, why did I leave that safety net of a nine to six to, to be my own boss? if there weren't, weren't some other perks to it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Thank you for sharing that because it's such a common scenario. I hear clients talk about, uh, even colleagues, and I know I went through the exact thing, same thing about once you leave the safety net of corporate or whatever your other employment history was, that you end up working yourself to the bone and you feel guilty if you're not spending every waking minute on your business. And that sense of worth often comes back to how much am I producing? And also when you're your own boss, I find you don't have any other cheerleaders, essentially. You don't have a boss. You don't have teammates who are cheering you on. So it does become very, I guess, one-dimensional and you become the worst boss possible to yourself. So I can totally relate to that. Now, Rose, I'm interested to hear, like, what were the biggest challenges that you wanted help solving with your business? Now, I know that you had clients, like you said, and they were great clients. But yeah, I'd love to hear, like, when you came into partnership with me, what were those big ticket items or the things that you wanted changed in your business? I think the thing with being your own boss is that oftentimes how you're doing at work then filters into how you're doing in your personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was at a point where I felt like a lot of things were being dictated for me in both my business and in my life. Um, because, you know, I would come across some clients that would pick and mix projects. So they would look at the scope and they'd be like, oh, I want this part, but I don't want that part. 
I felt like I had to do it anyway for the money, but I wasn't dictating the path in which I'd like the project to, to run or how my business would grow because that was all dictated by everyone else. So that really affected my self-esteem mm. and it made me feel a little bit helpless about where I was in life in general because I didn't really know where it was heading towards. Mm, yeah, I remember you saying that you really felt like you were a slave to your business and to your clients. And often when we feel like that, we become really resentful uh, towards our clients, unfortunately, and towards our business. And I also can can relate to this. And I guess we did a lot of work and, you know, you did a lot of work too around embodied boundaries. And we got back to the heart of it first, I guess, of who you actually wanted to work with. We really nailed that down, didn't we? And it was you were interested in working with NGOs and not-for-profits. And I remember you saying, oh, but like there's not that many of them, particularly in Hong Kong, and why do they want to work with me? But, you know, you managed to turn that all around and you have magnetized those dream clients. But also we got super clear on what would absolutely light you up and delight you when it came to putting together your packages and how you wanted to deliver your services. And where there was a little bit of wriggle room and where there wasn't. So you were very, very clear when it came to sharing your services with your clients. Eventually, like actually not eventually, quite quickly, people stopped the pick and mix approach, didn't they? And you were like, this is my price. This is what I offer. This is why I run my business this way and I you know, do the strategy work I do. And those no's and picking and mixing and trying to please them all the time, it really changed, didn't it? Yeah, I really did. And I remember a particular exercise that we did in terms of like mapping out the the services that I offer and like every single step of the way, how much value I input. And it really made me realize the the value that I, that I put out there for my clients. It's it's so much more than, you know, just a logo. It's so much more than just picking the right colors. It's It's about supporting them. It's about helping them see the the vision of their brand in 10 years time and that's you know something that should be able to provide so much more value than just someone who is putting together some graphics yeah absolutely and as a result then you are able to attract bigger projects bigger clients and they would just pay the money because you really took the time to uncover your worth and embody that and then it had this really beautiful ripple effect onto your clients. And you were really uh, showcasing your leadership in that way, particularly around your boundaries. And I remember it wasn't easy to begin with, but obviously it, it's got easier and easier. So in saying that, because I know you came from a very masculine way of running your business and you come from a very high achieving family. And like you mentioned before, you've grown up in an Asian culture. So I'm curious, what attracted you to this more feminine way of working and the feminine leadership style of working that I share about? So I remember reading your blog post about inviting pleasure into your work. It just really opened my eyes to, you know, a whole new view of what things could be. It's something that I've never actually thought of because I always thought that productivity and pleasure or play are mutually exclusive like they can't happen at the same time because that means I'm not working hard enough if I'm having too much fun so I, I never thought that we could actually use them to fuel each other 
to use our masculine to drive productivity while taking care of our feminine needs uh, to connect with ourselves and feel grounded and mm. have a much healthier relationship with our business. Yeah. And I think it's something that so many of the women I speak to struggle with this idea that they can put themselves and their pleasure first, even before anything they have to do in their business, like them as the woman and their requirements and needs and desires around pleasure has to be at the forefront of everything. Because as you said, it really is the fuel that helps us connect with our business and our why, and also just getting stuff done. And then when we are finding ourselves in a state of pleasure, we become far more magnetic. But that's why I'm just so excited to have you on the podcast and to share this because you are a real life example of prioritizing pleasure and things flowing from there. Because I do remember you working weekends and if you got a Sunday afternoon off, it was a miracle. Yes. <laughs> and I was saying to you, like, why aren't you going back and doing your bar classes? Because I remember you liked that. And eventually you would schedule all of those pleasure non-negotiables into your calendar first and you would be regularly going to bar. You would be socializing more with your friends. You had all those international trips when we could actually travel and you would book in pleasure dates to go to the museum. And I know you still do that and the art galleries. And it's just really interesting that these, this reframe in the way we work, it does work. (laughs) There are benefits to it and you will see results. So Speaking of results, I would really love for you to toot your own horn, Rose. And I know this is sometimes it's a struggle for us, but you have so many incredible results to share since you've been in business and you've only been in business for a little over two years. You're only 30 years old. So I would love to hear how really flipping the switch from a really hustle and grind kind of toxic masculine way of working to a more pleasurable way of operating and a more feminine way of operating. How has this benefited you both personally and professionally? Feel free to toot your horn. I think it's really interesting when you let go of expectations what, and, and just follow your heart, follow your curiosity and follow where your pleasure leads you, the, the changes that will just naturally unfold. So on, on a more practical level, there was a huge direct impact on how I was able to raise my prices and bring in more income, like doubling, almost tripling what I was bringing in last year, even during this extremely difficult year of 2020. But the, the thing I want to stress here is that increasing revenue didn't just come from like slapping on a new price Mm -hmm. it was from getting all that incredible help from you with you know discussing my packages and figuring out how to add value to my existing services so instead of people picking and mixing I can now land bigger projects Mm -hmm. overall that felt good to me so I've been consistently booked out for around like three months in advance yeah usually I'm, I'm booked out already for the next quarter and I've also done zero marketing. So everything has been word of mouth. And it's just unbelievable. Like the change that's happened in the last year, year and a half mm-hmm. since we started working together. I can't imagine going to what it was like before anymore. You know, like now I have such healthy boundaries of my work. 
I don't answer emails on the weekends. I don't say yes to the projects that I should be saying no to. And I, I moved from a scarcity mindset to, to an abundance mindset. I feel like it's, a, it's been able to, it's enabled me to open up space for projects that are truly good for me and projects that I know are, you know, helping me get to where I want to be. Cause I, I, I learned that by choosing to close one door, you actually realize there are a lot of other doors to to open as well. There's a there's a quote by Richard Branson that I I really like. He says, "Businesses are like buses. If you miss this one, there's always a next one coming. Mm. So don't ever feel like, oh, you know, this, this sounds like a, a great opportunity to work with a client, but then they don't have the budget, and then the timeline is super super tight. So I have to do everything that I can because." I feel all this pressure to really please whoever comes through the door. But that often just backfires because if you choose to stay small, you'll always, mm. you'll always be there. You, you'll always be in the same point. You'll always be small. Yeah. And I think that's a true testament to the embodiment work that you've done, Rose, because when we are disembodied, we are people pleasers and we put our needs right at the bottom of the pile. And I'm sure you won't mind me saying this, but that's what you were doing at the start. You were like a slave to your clients and anything they said, you're like, okay, okay. Because there was that fear too, that if you said no, or if you said no to the project, there wouldn't be any more. This really speaks to the power of the inner work that you did around your worth and backing yourself that going after these dream clients who are quite niche in the fact that it was NGOs, not for profits, and then you're also working with the health and wellness, you still managed to attract them, even though you thought, oh, you know, who am I to work with them? And there's not that many in Hong Kong and other people are doing it around the world. Also, the fact that you backed yourself in terms of the way you wanted to work, show up and deliver your work, and you raised your prices to the point where you've nearly tripled your income, which is incredible during this global pandemic, and you're booked out with a quarter ahead. Like That really is something to celebrate. So I'm really proud, really proud. I'm like a little... (laughs) (laughs) or something (laughs) particularly around like the the mindset work and releasing all of these limiting beliefs or tension um from your body and your mind to get to this point and in saying that you've also had a major shift this year since you've been a part of the feminine business mastermind so I was lucky enough to continue working with you in a different capacity and I remember you saying last year I think as we wrapped up your one-on-one work that you were really happy being a solopreneur running your own show and that is how you want to continue which was you know at the time a-okay and there's nothing wrong with that but you had a shift this year and things have changed in terms of the way you run your business. So would you mind sharing what this change has been and and how it came about? Yeah. So previously I always thought, you know, I'm I'm happy to just be a, a one woman band. I don't want to take on a team. And yeah, I'm just happy being on my own. Mm. But I think to be honest, I thought that way because I was really intimidated. Mm. Because looking around me and how all the successful creative agencies have been built, it's extremely masculine in the way that they work. 
Mm -hmm. You know, it's always extremely long hours, being very aggressive and winning over clients, doing lots of pitches, um, hustle and grind all day on top of managing a team. And I just, it felt like so much. And honestly, I felt like I wasn't cut out for it and I would just fail at doing it. So I didn't even want to think about it. But then the work that we did this time round, it helped me realize that there isn't just one way to do business. We got to the core of what really matters to me and why I do all this work with impact organizations. And, and at the end of the day, I, like, I realized that it's because I want to use my skills to hopefully help make this world a bit better every day. I think being part of the feminine business mastermind group is realizing that no matter where I am in this journey, there will always be challenges and I need to see it as a learning experience rather than, you know, I have to be perfect from the get-go because there are all these amazing women part of this group that I really look up to. And then we, we share all our, our challenges in our, in our group calls and also in our private um, Facebook group. And I'm like, wow, like they're so accomplished and they're so amazing at what they do. And yet they still have their own challenges. It made me realize that it's never going to be perfect. And I can't expect it to be perfect, especially at such a young age of, of prison. Mm. So once I let go of the need to be perfect, the vision just got so much clearer. And like now I don't look at anyone else and how they've built their creative agency because I'm so clear in what I want to build. I've stopped comparing myself. And because of that, I've just been able to, you know, follow my heart. And Prism has grown actually as a result of that. One year ago, I would never have thought that I would take on any, any more members. It's just amazing to see how a mindset shift, you know, I'm doing the same thing. I'm still bringing on people, but my mindset is completely different because I've let go of all that pressure to have to be a perfect boss. Because, you know, number one priority in, in PRISM is not about the amount of work that you do. It's really about how much impact we can make mm-hmm. together as a team. The first thing I always ask a, a new team member is what passions do you have? What do you want to work on for yourself? And how can I support you in that? That's probably not a very common way to build a creative agency, but it's my way and it's working for me. Yeah, absolutely. And to me, this is a great example of feminine leadership because I do remember you saying, oh, like an agency, creating a big agency is not for me. It's not a part of my vision. And I could totally see that because I was thinking the same vision you were in what a traditional agency looks like, feels like, what's expected of you. But you really have gone about creating an agency your way and it'll continue to evolve with it being really true to your values and the fact that you were really nurturing and nourishing your employees and being very uh, generous, like I think that you would just reap the rewards in terms of their loyalty and like you said, the impact that you all make as a collective. I think it's it's so, so exciting that you now have staff and they're, you know, based all around the world and, you know, you're looking at even moving abroad from um, Hong Kong and and having 
uh, an operation elsewhere. Like it's just, it, it blows my mind, like I said before. And I'd love for you to share, you actually pulled off an incredible project this year with a Chinese unicorn. This is something else that I'm just incredibly proud of you because it was like a bit of an up and down journey. So would you mind sharing a little bit more about the project and how it unfolded for you? Because I think everyone will find this very inspiring, particularly coming from a place where this time last year, you're like, I don't ever want to have an agency. I just want to run my business. Just little old me, like you said before the <laughs> interview, I'm a little small potato. I'm like, yeah. complete opposite rose. <laughs> yeah, share with us how that you, you've moved from this mindset of being a little small potato to this, you know, running this incredible agency and working with Chinese unicorns. I just think there's something really powerful in realizing that strength can come in many different forms Mm -hmm. and success can come in many different shapes and sizes. So, you know, I used to feel like in order to land all these big projects, I have to be this perfect brand strategist that knows everything and, and, you know, that I, I can't make any mistakes. But the reality is running a business is messy. Mm-hmm. and work is always going to be messy but you know despite despite knowing all this it was still very very hard to really believe in myself um that I could pull this off because I honestly I never would have thought that I'd be invited to work with such a big Chinese tech unicorn I mean these these guys are about to launch the biggest IPO in history and I was absolutely shitting myself. I was so close to just making a pass on this project because I was so scared and I felt so inadequate for it. Mm-hmm. And I remember going into our one-to-one after just having a panic attack mm-hmm. a few days before that. But you helped me to like unravel all the self-limiting beliefs I had and helped me walk through like step-by-step what I would need to do to help make this experience as stress-free and pleasurable as possible. Mm. And I remember finishing our one-to-one feeling like a completely different person. I felt empowered. I came back to my own self and I was still scared, but you helped me realize that I actually had everything I needed in me to succeed in this project and how much support I also have around me to uh, make this a successful experience. And everyone in the, in the group cheered me on and provided a lot of guidance when I needed. And like, honestly, I couldn't have done it um, without, without all of you, without your support aims, without all the amazing women in, in our group. It's incredible to think back to where I was even just a couple of months ago when mm-hmm. I first heard that I got invited to this project and and where I am now. Yeah, it, it really is. The growth, both, you know, inner and outer growth for yourself and for your PRISM uh, agency is, has been phenomenal and it's been such an honour to witness that and to play a small part in that growth. And, you know, I'm thrilled that both the one-on-one work and the mastermind work has helped get you there. And I remember was it, I think it was last week in one of your sessions, we're talking about your team and how that you had successfully delegated all these things and you're actually like twiddling your thumbs. I do. And just thought back to the Rose I first started working with who you were doing all the things. Like 
everything and the idea of letting stuff go was very foreign to you. So even that, the fact that you have really worked on the feminine art of receiving, like opening up to support, receiving, delegating, that's like a huge accomplishment in itself. And obviously it has benefited you so, so much. And I guess I'd really love for you to share if there was somebody who was kind of skeptical about this more feminine, more pleasurable way of working and living, and they were thinking about moving towards feminine leadership and welcoming in a more feminine approach to running their business, what would you say to them? What would you recommend they do? Um, I would ask them to close their eyes and imagine their future. So think of yourself in 10 years time, 20 years time, running your own business. What does it look like? Mm. If the thought of it itself makes you feel really scared and intimidated, and also you feel like it's going to be so much work, so much hustling, and you're going to be constantly burnt out, then I really invite you to just even invite the idea that things could be different because we're so primed to think in such a masculine way and do things in such a masculine way. And we become such extreme perfectionists in the way that we do things. And we think that, you know, there is a golden formula for everything in life, in business. But actually, there's a real strength in doing things from a place of feminine embodiment because you're doing things on your own terms mm. and that should be the whole point of running your own business right why do you have to let other people dictate how you want to be running your own business mm, that's right because we go into entrepreneurship for the freedom and we can quickly find ourselves experiencing the complete opposite. Yeah. If, if we're wanting to run things in a more toxic masculine way. So yeah, I love that that idea of looking into the future and be like, is this how I want to continue running my business? Is this success worth it if things are, you know, whatever success might look like? But yeah. is it sustainable? Can you actually exactly is it, is it sustainable? And I used to I used to wear you know, I used to say like, oh, I'm so busy. And I would wear it almost like as a badge of honor as, you know, because I would think, oh, in, in order for people to think I'm a successful business owner, it means I don't have time for anything other than work. Yeah. But now I realize that actually just means it's poor management and <laughs> poor expectation of, of yourself and what life should be outside of work. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Well, thank you so much for taking the time, Rose, and sharing your incredible story and the growth of your business. You know, the fact that you've achieved so much in just two years. And I think it should really be celebrated that you have been so open to this different, more gentle way of working because it was in complete contrast to how you were working before. But the fact that you have really reaped the rewards 
is you know, you're an incredible client case study. So thank you again for, for sharing your story with us and being so generous with the insights that you've gained. And I'd love for you to share where can everyone find your work? If they wanted to connect with you, how could they best connect with you and your work at PRISM? Um, yeah, the, the best way to connect with me is through Instagram. So you can find us on prismcreative.co on Instagram. There's like examples of our work on there and also um, some behind the scenes of what's going on in the studio. So we, we would love to hear from you. And we're always, always up to connecting uh, with like-minded people who are also out there to make an impact in this world. Yeah, absolutely. And I know so many of the listeners of this podcast are making an incredible impact with their work. And I'll put the links to Roseanne's website and Instagram in the show notes. So thanks again for joining us, Rose, and thank you for listening. If you are interested in partnering and joining the Feminine Business Mastermind with myself and the incredible Rose, don't hesitate to reach out and contact me. You can DM me on Instagram over at Ainsley Young, or you can send me an email, Ainsley at startingwitha.com. Again, I'll put all the details in the show notes and I look forward to connecting with you next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it and you received some tips and takeaways or maybe a major aha. And if you did, please leave me a quick five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. I'd be so, so grateful. And if you'd like to connect, just come and say hi. DM me over on Instagram. You can find me at Ainsley Young. I'll speak with you soon.